Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Lamed in Maseches Rosh Hashanah. We are in the fourth and ultimate final parak in Maseches Rosh Hashanah. Do you do that practice, Andrew, where you do, uh, you have the two, the four meals in Rosh Hashanah, two per day, and then you do one parak per meal? A lot of people have that minog to learn Mishnayas Rosh Hashanah on, on Rosh Hashanah itself. Anyways, um, so we started yesterday on Chavtesem and Beis, the Yontav Shel Rosh Hashanah Shechalios B'Shamis. Now, we need Rabbi Heber slash Rabbi David Katz because this is neither Halacha Lamaisa today, nor was it really the original Me'ikar Adin Halacha. Um, these Takanas of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai, right, in, in Yavne, were very unique. He was trying to preserve post-Chorban Judaism, right, and he, so he made the Takanas accordingly, Right, and he prioritized trying to preserve, and Baruch Hashem, he did so because that's why we're here learning Dafyomi today. So thank you, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, for all of those. Now, Meikar Adin, we it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that you don't blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah Shachalios B'Shavus. You would certainly do so, and today we know that we don't do so. Because of Gzeir Hashem Yavidal Abbas Bishasar Rabim, it's the same thing as the Gemara keeps saying, Vechain Vishofar, Vechain Vimegillah, Vechain, right? Um, and so we have that Gzeir that we don't do those things today on Shabbos. However, as we said in the Mishnah, in the, uh, in the days of Yochanan and Zakkai, in Yavne, they had specific parameters. Should you do it at Bemakam Shiesh Bo Bezdin, right? That was after the Churban. He said, wherever there's a Bezdin, um, right, then we, sh- we can actually uh, blow the shofar. Again, during this mana mikdash, they would do it only in the mikdash for reasons. They started all also doing it only in the mikdash uh, for that reason. They would blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah when it fell out on Shabbos, but they would do it only in the mikdash, which is actually a machlokas between Rashi and Tosos on one hand and Rambam on the other hand. Does that mean all of Yerushalayim? Or does it mean only the Beis Hamikdash? That machlokas actually would follow through throughout all of uh, today's daf. Also, anywhere where we reference Mikdash, that machlokas would be true. Does that mean all of Yerushalayim, all the Beis Hamikdash itself? But be that as it may, Rabbi Yochanan Mitzakai extended to extended it to anywhere where there was a Bezdin. The discussion that we pick up in with is: Does that mean only when Bezdin in session? Does that mean only in front of Bezdin? What is exactly uh, this halacha of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai? So the very last line on Chavtes and Beis says, "Amulo ach echad echad yavne echad kol malkam sheish bezdin." To which, right? That, that's that's what they were talking about over there. That that's where both in Yavne Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said it, and any place where there was bezdin. That's what Amrulo. That was a machlokes, right, in the Mishnah as to whether it was exclusively in Yavne or anywhere where there was a Bezdin, that you can blow in front of the Bezdin on Shabbos, right, when Rosh Hashanah fell out on Shabbos, to which Amar Rav Huna, so Rav Huna is going to make a statement, and that statement is going to be discussed for the better part of the for, of our uh, beginning of our day here, and the statement was, as we arrive at Lamed Amad Aleph, V'im Bezdin, that the blowing of the shofar has to be done with Bezdin, okay? So, Okay, we said in the place where there is a Bezdin. So why is he saying im Bezdin? What's with Bezdin? So that's what the Gemara wants to know. My im Bezdin. What is he saying? What are you saying, Ravuna? 
So bifnei bezdin. It sounds like it means that not only right because when you say that you can blow anywhere where there is a bezdin, it sounds like if your city has a naz bezdin, you have Rabbi Hopper and Rabbi Heineman and Rabbi Rose. So you are allowed to blow anywhere in that city. You can blow it at Shomrei if you want, and as Binyamin does like to do. However, however, this is Rav Huna's qualification, that it means no. You have to do it in the presence of Bezdin. You can't just do it anywhere in town. Right? That's the Gemara saying that Rav Huna's statement saying that when you're not in front of Bezdin, you can't do that blowing. So now the Gemara says, Masiv Rava. Rava, excuse me. Rava took our Mishnah and he challenged Rav Huna based on the Adiyuk in our Mishnah. It says, Right? Our Mishnah had said that Yerushalayim was, in a certain respect, superior to the way things went on once we were, like, further out into Gullus and we only held on to Yavne. Why? My Ve'odzos. What did they mean? So, we weren't 100% sure. So, if you say, well, our Mishnah actually says what the difference was. The difference was that in Yerushalayim, they said that you could blow anywhere in Yerushalayim. You can go to any of the suburbs of Yerushalayim and blow the shofar. Okay. Well, Zosmi Baile, if that's what the Mishnah was teaching, then the Mishnah should have said, right, not the od Zos, I saw Yerushalayim, Yisera. So now we're getting really, right, granular with the Mishnah. The Mishnah could have said just Zos, I saw Yerushalayim, Yisera. It says the od Yerushalayim, I saw Yisera, it could have said. Didn't have to say the od Zos. What's this Zos? What's this Ve'od, right? <clears throat> so why does it have to say both Ve'od and Zos? Well, to teach you that there are additional aspects of Yerushalayim's, we'll call superiority, over Yavne that are in addition to just the fact that in Yerushalayim you could blow in the suburbs. What would that additional factor be? Says the Gemara, El Yerushalayim, token Yechidin. This is the point of Rava, that in Yerushalayim, individuals can blow. Yavne ain't token Yechidin. But in Yavne, you, you have to have, right, only, not individuals, you can't just be a regular civilian, right, <clears throat> but rather, you have to have only Shlichei Bezdin that are allowed to blow. In other words, you need to have the, the Baal Tokea vetted in Yavne. You can't just be, any individual can be trusted to be the Baal Tokea. So to which the Gemara asks, Uvi Yavne ain't token Yechidin? Wait, is it true? that individuals in the shul, right? In a lot of places, it would be surprising. One of the first things that you notice when you become um, orthodox in Judaism, as you move over from reform and conservative, is that it's very uncommon in reform and conservative uh, settings to have, um, to have people just go up to the Yomad, as we do, and, and, and right, as we do. What we would call civilians, right? You'd normally, and this would be true of, right, I, I would guess in some of the Umas Olam, a cantor, a chazan, right? That, that was very, very customarily true. I'm sure that was true, as we see historically, in a lot of from Jewish communities also. But what we're accustomed to in today's modern times is that in our from shuls, you have a rotation, right? The, the reason why, even though it's not true, in Shomra, it's just Binyam Gutman all the time, uh, except for when, uh, but, but, but he's the Gabai, he has to uh, try hard to pick other people, and we do. So you rotate. So this is like what I would call Yechidin, right? Yechidin is what we do, what we're accustomed to, where we have 
different people come up to the Ahmed, or different individuals blow, or as we'll see, different individuals blowing simultaneously. A cacophony of sounds going on in shul, right? So that is, in fact, what we think happened in Yavne. We're trying to say that in Yerushalayim, we only had, um, in Yerushalayim is the only place where anybody could go up to the Yamud or anybody could be the Baltakea. But in Yavne, you need to have like the canter blow. Says, is that true that that's the way it worked in Yavne? Right, you did have the Baltakea, you did have the Shliach Tzibur, you have to look at how to see. <clears throat> you know, today we have different Minhagim as far as when we blow relative to we've already discussed that, but be that as it may, when the Bezdin uh, and the Shliach Tzibur's um, right, emissary uh, finished blowing the shofar on Shabbos in Yavne, you couldn't, hear, you couldn't hear yourself think because the noise, the cacophony of the different shofar sounds from all the different individuals in attendance was deafening. Okay? Elalav. <coughs> so it sounds like what? That was in fact in Yavne. And therefore, obviously, in Yavne, individuals did blow. So what is it, going back to our original question, what is it that our mission is alluding to when it says, Zos? What, what was the additional thing that Yerushalayim had over Yavne? The Yerushalayim token, Bein Bizman Bezdin, Bein Shalom Bizman Bezdin. Then in Yerushalayim, even though you have the Bezdin, you have the Sanhedrin, but again, this was after the destruction, so you could blow, however, during while Bezdin is in session, or even when they're not in session. Of Yavne Bizman Bezdin in Shalom Bizman Bezdin, low. You're not allowed to blow outside of when Bezdin is in session, okay? In other words, as we've already said, Bezdin used to have banker's hours, right? So they used, to, they used to go, by the sixth hour, they were going home. So after that, you're no longer allowed to blow in Yavne, but apparently you're allowed to blow past that time still in Yerushalayim. <coughs> Says the Gemara, that implies, Habizman Bezdin mihatoikin. Afil Bezdin, right? In other words, Rav Huna, this is all circling back to Rav Huna. Rav Huna thought, right, the im bezdin. That's all he said. So we're like analyzing what, what he meant. Rav Huna says im bezdin that you have to say it only in front of bezdin. That's the only time, you, the only way you could blow. Again, we're analyzing what Rav Yochanan Mitzakai's, um, right parameters were in Yavne. So he said in Yavne, you're only allowed to blow in front of bezdin. So then we got into a whole discussion as to whether you can blow Bizman Bezdin, Allah Bizman Bezdin. Well, despite the fact that Rava is saying that you don't, that you have to blow Bizman Bezdin in Yavne as opposed to Yerushalayim, the fact that it's Bizman Bezdin implies that it only has to be during the time the Bezdin is in session, but not necessarily in front of Bezdin proper, meaning you could do it in your shul or in your home, right? Uh, and it doesn't have to be Bizman, uh, in front of Bezdin as long as it's Bizman Bezdin. So we got a long way here, right? Rashi says, Bain Bizman Bezdin, Bizman Bezdin. And he explains, Bizman Bezdin, Ache Shos, Shayu Bezdin, Yoshvin, Banker's Hours. Right? Ben Shalom Bizman Bezdin, meaning, Shalchul of meaning Bezdin went home. Now, <clears throat> that's a good job, right? Because you get home early for dinner, you get to do homework with the kids. Now, the Gemara, after having arrived at all this, rejects it. Says, Gemara, look. Even in Yerushalayim, they could only blow while the Bezdin was in session. So the Mishnah must mean something else. Why? If what you're saying, 
that Mirshalaim you could blow. So this is funny. It says it doesn't really answer it in a uh, with any proof, but it says just goes back and gives you the historical fact that Mirshalaim token Beim Fnei Bezdin Beim Shalobi Fnei Bezdin or Yavne Fnei Bezdin in Shalobi Fnei Bezdin Lo. It's like the answer is that no, that Mirshalaim. I guess it's that's what the Mishnah is trying to say based on historical fact. We're just basically rejecting what's going on. The Rishonim have pointed this out, that basically we said, we tried to say that in Yerushalayim that you could do it either in Bezdin or not, or not. and then Yavna, you only have to do it in front of Bezdin, and that was Ravuna's statement when he said, in Bezdin. And he said, no, that can't be, because after all, you medayik in our Mishnah, our Mishnah makes it sound like it just has to do with Zman Bezdin, and the Gemara says, no, lo, the Eli B'Shalayim token ben Lifnei Bezdin ben Shalom Lifnei Bezdin, that in Yerushalayim, you can do it either at home or in Bezdin, and in Yavna, you only can do it in front of Bezdin. So again, the Rishonim are all asking two points. Number one, okay, uh, I guess that was the historical fact, so we were just kind of analyzing our Mishnah, and it turns out the Diuk in the Mishnah of Rava is, an, is not really a valid Diuk, because in fact, in Yavna, you only could blow in front of Bezdin. The other point that the Rishonim point out is the point of Yitzchak Bar Yosef. If you're going to go based off of historical fact that in Yavna you only blew in front of Bezdin, so it turns out that Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yosef historical fact, which is that it was a cacophony of sounds of shofaros, that means that that whole that whole hullabaloo was only happening in front of Bezdin, right? In other words, when they talk about all the sounds, you can imagine it going on everywhere in town. It turns out that that whole scene was only going on in Bezdin. Okay, fine. <clears throat> that is one version of Huna's statement. Version number two. Version number two has it talking not about Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos at all, but on the Yom Kippur of Yovel. Some understood this Ve'im Bezdin thing um, to be referring not to Rosh Hashanah Shachalios B'Shabbos, but on Yom Kippur of Yovel as follows. It says, As we've discussed, Anyam, the other time that you blow shofar, very similar, as we've already said in the Brisa, Bibir Chosea, right? Um, very similar to the Vitkiosea, to the Tkiyos of Rosh Hashanah, you have it one other time. And that's when Yovel, uh, on the Yom Kippur of Yovel. That's what the Pasuk teaches you, says the Gemara. Right? Taviru shofar b'chol artzachem. Sounds like you have every individual blowing shofar everywhere. Oh my goodness, chak. Who got him that shofar? Binyamin's brother is uh, his youngest brother. The Ben Zakunim runs around uh, the Yom Narayim with the shofar. And the whole uh, Cheswal is, is treated to it. Amar Rav Huna, v'im bezdin. So Rav Huna said there, v'im bezdin. <coughs> the, that the blowing is with bezdin. Okay, so just as he said before. So what does he mean in this context? Says the Gemara, my v'im bezdin, bizman bezdin. Similar to what we just said. Right, It's when Bezdin is in session. Okay, and again, we're recording the Kasha Rava, Masiv Rava, Tkiyah Rosh Hashanah v'Yoyvel Doches Hashabbos Bigvulin Ish Uveso. Well, he's doing based on a different brayso here. So the par- parallel is that Rava is trying to right tease out what Ravuna is meaning and challenge it. So here, the challenge is as follows: that we have a statement in a brayso that when you blow uh, shofar on Rosh Hashanah and on Yovel, which is the topic. Uh, in this, in this context, is doche hashabis, where? Bigvulin, meaning outside of Yerushalayim, ish uveso. 
So every man in his house. That sounds like everybody could blow in their own house. Right? So what would it mean in Bezdin? Says the Gemara. My Ishveso. What does it mean that each person is house? So the Havamina is that every man and his wife can blow shofar. That would be an interesting statement. So to that I would ask, is something Mikhaive? What does it mean? His wife's blowing shofar? Where do you have women shofar blowing? He says the Gemara. Blowing shofar obviously is a mitzvah say. Obviously also it's man garama because it's, right, it's limited to a specific time, which is either Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur of Yovel. We know the exceptions, but basically shofar is not one of them, right? It's not Dalit Kosos. It's not, right, the sukkah, depending how you hold. It's not near Hanukkah. So it's not Pirsume Nisa or any of those other things. So it's just a shofar, which is a different kind of thing. And therefore, women are potter from that mitzvah. So what does it mean when it says ish beso? Elalav ish beveso. It doesn't mean a man and his wife, but it means a man in his house. A man in his house, a love is man bezdin. A man in his house implies that he could do it in his house. Well, once you're doing it in his house, why would you be beholden to the time or place of Bezdin. You shouldn't be. And therefore, what is it that Ravuna is saying when he says, in Bezdin? It's, we thought it was Bizman Bezdin, but, it, but Rava thinks that it's not. So the Gemara answered as it answered earlier. Lo, lo and Bizman Bezdin, period. <laughs> right? You have Ravuna, you have an assumption of what Ravuna means, you have Rava challenging it from a brysa, from a source, and then we say, uh, this is what happens when I learn with Birnbaum. I say a pshat, and he listens intently, and then afterwards he just says, no, no. And that's basically what we're saying to Rava. No, nice try. Um, and so we're, we're moving on. Okay, so it, it means that it has to be done during while Bezin is in session. And in fact, what it, default, what it defaults to is what we thought Ravuna meant, which is that in Bezin meant you can only blow when Bezin is in session. Uh, in this context, it's on the Yom Kippur of Yovel. Okay. Now, Mosav of Sheshes, sticking with our Bezdin on Yovel issue, Rav Sheshes challenged Ravuna on the following brisa as follows. This is a brisa that we are familiar with, that we learned last week. It says, Shove HaYovel of Rosh Hashanah L'Skiel of Brachos, right? Ah. So we said that the, there were certain ways that the Yovel on Rosh Hashanah, um, that Yovel on Yom Kippur was similar to Rosh Hashanah. Those ways were Tzkia and Brachos. You'll remember last week, we said, brachos, really? You're going to say, machios, zichronos, and shofros, and you're going to say, hayom haras olam, on Yom Kippur? So we said, okay, we take out all the Rosh Hashanah parts, we have it in the shaded gray in our art scroll, uh, Yom Kippur of uh, Yovel Machzer. But we still otherwise have everything the same. What's the idea of basically being in session? I'm blowing the shofar at home. Right. Right, so Barry's pointing out the whole original source of the Tukhan of Yochanan ben Zakkai was because we want to be careful because we don't know that if you're going to be blowing the shofar on Shabbos unsupervised, you're going to be doing it correctly and there are consequences to that. So we want Bezdin to be on top of you and therefore to monitor you. And so therefore Barry's saying it would stand to reason therefore that the Bezdin should be actually supervising you. It would be like saying I, I am the Rav HaMachshir on a restaurant that i never been to, right? Uh, so how, how are you doing this blowing shofar unsupervised? What does it matter if Bezin is in session? 
Um, so I think the question is going to be better than the answer. But the way these takanas were um, were designed was really more to uh, drive them. Remember, Meikar didn't, you could blow shofar. So it was to alert the people to the fact that sometimes it wasn't really a Meikar didn't like an actual supervision that was going on, but it was to alert people to the fact that you have to be careful once they're aware that they have to stick, right? If you have enough awareness to know, right, that you have to stick within certain parameters of time, then it's enough alertness that it stirs within you to be careful about how you blow. Lakasha is probably better than the tarots, but, but the answer, I think, is that it really was not an actual physical supervision, right? Let's say even if it was during Bezdin, and even if it was in Bezdin, what do you think? The, they're, they're like head on, the, the Bali, the Dayanim are like head on a swivel watching with eagle eyes to make sure every single person in that cacophony of sounds where you can't even hear yourself think is doing it exactly right, right? So obviously it's not like a actual real hashgacha as we'll call it. It's some sort of semblance of, and we have a lot of examples of that, where it's a heker to, 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 to give you an, a, a sense of gravitas and to ground you that once you have parameters, you have to be more careful. Uh, that's the best uh, that I could do with that, but I hear, I hear, I hear the kasha. Okay, so he says, So, like this. That the difference is between Yom Kippur on Yovel and Rosh Hashanah is that on Yovel, token ben bebezdin shikichu bos hachodesh, uven bebezdin shalokichu bos hachodesh. Well, this is familiar to us already. We talked about bezdin bebezdin shalokichu That in a pinch... Maybe you could do it with three, as we saw in the Mishnah, but really, technically, ideally, that is the purview of the Sanhedrin, right? You need to have the full Sanhedrin for an actual Kiddush HaChodesh, right? Uh, the classic Kiddush HaChodesh. So that is something that not every city has, right? Not every city has a Bezin that has that authority of Sanhedrin. So therefore, in Yovel, you don't need that, right? In Yovel, you could just have a standard Bezin that's good enough for the Tekiah, and in addition to that, every individual, well, that's quite different. Every individual has a chiv of tekiah. However, over Rosh Hashanah, lo you talking el bebeisin shekitchu bos hachodesh vein kol yochid v'yochid chayv leiskoa. So Rosh Hashanah was a different format. Rosh Hashanah, you only blew the shofar, right, in a real Sanhedrin authorized bezdin, and it's not a chiv on each individual, right? But wait a minute. Uh, what does it mean? That's not a chiv in every individual. Ask the Gemara. My ankle yachid v'yachid chayv litka. What is what is really the meaning of this statement in the Bryson? It says not every individual doesn't have to blow. It sounds like there's a restriction that not every private citizen has to has to blow. Wait a minute. That that seems to be connected. What's going on? Because again. Rav Huna was just talking about Zman Bezdin versus non Zman Bezdin. But the underlying assumption was that indeed every individual does have to blow. Says the Gemara, If what you're saying is that individuals blow in Yovel and Rosh Hashanah, they don't, right? It only goes to like the cantor. Well, that is what it sounds like. But if you said that, Right. In other words, this historical factor Yitzchak Bar Yosef had already mentioned that when the Shlech Tzibur was finished in Yavne, it was a it was a symphony, a cacophony of all shofar blasts, which is certainly mashma that individuals are in fact 
blowing Rosh Hashanah, blowing, that was on Rosh Hashanah, as you might recall, and therefore certainly it's not just the cantor, but individuals are blowing El Alav. So that can't be what it meant when it said that. The Elu Biyovel token, Bein Bezman Bezdin, Bein Shalom Bezman Bezdin, over Rosh Hashanah, Bezman Bezdin in, Shalom Bezman Bezdin low. So, no. The, the Bryce's intent, whereas, is that, whereas in Yovel, right, the private individuals could blow shofar, so this is what it means. They can blow shofar, whether it's Bizman Bezin or whether it's not. And on Rosh Hashanah, they can only, they can, in fact, blow shofar as individuals, but only Bizman Bezin, right? Bizman Bezin in, Shalom Bizman Bezin low. However, Katani Mias, Biyovel, Ben Bizman Bezin, Ben Shalom Bizman Bezin. Right, but however, the, the Brysa either way is saying like this. On Yovel, right, you can blow either Bizman Bezdin or not Bizman Bezdin. Well, if you are still holding cup, that is not what Ravuna said, right? Ravuna had said the, the opposite. Ravuna said, my, what, what is in Bezdin? He had said with regards to blowing shofar on Yovel of, Rosh, of Yom Kippur that in Bezdin meant Bizman Bezdin. That on Yovel you can only do it on Bizman Bezdin. But be that as it may, this Brysa sounds like Rosh Hashanah is more mis- restrictive than Yovel, and therefore Yovel sounds like you can blow it Shalom Bizman Bezdin, which is a challenge to Rav Huna's interpretation of Ve'im Bezdin with respect to the Yovel of Yom Kippur. So how do you reconcile this? The Gemara says, low. Now, Laolam Bizman Bezdin. Actually, the shofar, as Rav Hunat said, can only be blown during the Zman Bezdin. Valchikitani. This is what the Brisa meant to say. Biyovel Bizman Bezdin token. Bein bifnei Bezdin, ben shalob bifnei Bezdin. This is what it means. That again, on Yovel, it, yes, like Rav Huna has to, has said, has to be done Bizman Bezdin. The only restriction is, well, it has to be, that's the only restriction. It has to be done Bizman Bezdin. But it is not restricted with respect to where you could do it. It can be done, as the, as the Gemara continues to say, ben bifnei bezin, ben shalom bifnei bezin. So the restriction is on the zman, but not on the place. However, Rosh Hashanah token, bizman bezin, ubifnei bezin. And yes, as the Brysa says, Rosh Hashanah is more restrictive than Yovel, but only in the sense that it can be only during the zman of bezin and also in front of bezin. But what it means in Bezdin with respect to Yovel is that it's Bizman Bezdin. Okay. And now we're going to support Ravuna as follows. Itmar Nami, Amar Bhia Bar Gamda, Amar Biosi Ben Shal, Ami Rebi, Ain Token Ela Kol Zman Shabezdin Yoshvin. That he says you only blow, right, the shofar only when Bezdin are seated, which is to say, Bizman Bezdin is the only time that you can blow both by Yovel and by Rosh Hashanah. The only difference would be what, where you can do it. Aha, uh-huh. okay. So now we have an interesting side point, like a detail point. I shouldn't say side point. It's a detail within this question. So let's say everyone agrees that you can only blow in those days Bizman Bezdin. And as Barry has already pointed out, this is more of a, and that makes sense, by the way, because if you said it was willy-nilly, then there's no, like what does Bezdin matter at all? Right, but somehow the Zman Bezdin, the fact that you have to keep that in mind, keeps you in check in, in certain respects with respect to your blowing. Okay, but Rabbi Zera asks, Bari Rabbi Zera, he's asking a, a detail within that halacha. Nin arula Okay, so you tell me Zman Bezdin. So as we know, 
when court is adjourned and the Dayanim are all like collecting their papers, they're already mentally checked out, right? They're like, they're done, right? You're not going to be bringing more cases at that point. But they're still physically kind of there. So which is the Zman Bezin? When court, after, until court is adjourned or until the Dayanim are no longer there? That's what Rabbi Zeyer wants to know. Ninarulamo, they're already like shuffling their papers to get away, get out of there. Velo Amdu, but they're still physically there. Mahu, would you say that that's still Zman Bezdin? Bezdin Yoshrin Ba'inon? Ika, would you say that they still have to be physically there and they are? Odilma Zman Bezdin Ba'inon Veleika. Or would you say that they already checked out? You need Zman Bezdin, you need them to be like there and alert and not yet adjourned. Veleika, and that you don't have because they've already checked out, they've punched out the clock. Says the Gemara Teku. Maybe it would be to find out the answer to this detail. Uh, when Mashiach comes. Okay. All right. So now I got a, an Amen from Andrew, and that's all I need. Okay. That's all we need. Okay. Okay. So the Mishnah had said, um, just right before this next Mishnah, the two dots, what was this extra thing? The Odzos. So we already made much of this Odzos aspects of Yerushalayim that they were superior to Yavna. Gemara says, Roe. Uh, so what did it mean? So the Mishnah had said, that what cities or what towns surrounding suburbs would be included in this superiority of Yerushalayim. This is a shayla that we have a lot in Beit Shemesh. It's a hawk. Why so? Well, I mean, Beit Shemesh doesn't follow any of the criteria of this Mishnah. So that's part of the hawk. But it is Efeshtim. It is the Yerushalayim area code. And it may have been a walled city. There's a shayla for Purim whether we have the Purim of Yerushalayim or not, because it may or may not have been a walled city. And therefore, some people, there's a whole safer about it, some people hold that you hold like Yerushalayim. Because for Purim, it's, it doesn't have to do just with Yerushalayim, it has to do with walled cities. But there are aspects in Minhagim of Yerushalayim that may or may not apply today. And therefore, it's always a question, if you live in Harnof, are you following Minhag Yerushalayim, right? If you, so you, certainly all of Harnof does. But, you know, as you get further and further out, and as you can have a kibbutz gullius and you keep growing, at what point does Yerushalayim end? So the Mishnah had given us that parameters. Just to review, it said, anywhere if you could hear, or if it was near enough to Yerushalayim, um, or it was easily accessible to Yerushalayim without like a river in between, as we'll see, any of those places could blow shofar anywhere at home on Shabbos, as we discussed, where Yerushalayim has that superiority over, um, over uh, Yavne or any other city. So says the Gemara, Roe, what does it mean that you can see Yerushalayim? Let's say you have a town that's in a valley where you're not in, where Yerushalayim is not in view. So then that means you can't see it. Shomat, here in Yerushalayim, maybe you're sitting on top of a mountain. Now what, so again, on top of a mountain, you might have very high real estate value because you could see a panoramic view of Yerushalayim, right? But you can't hear what's going on. So that town would not blow on Shabbos, right? Um, again, that was the original Takana. Um, okay, Krova, what does it mean to be close? So you say, what, what's the parameters? That's the parameters. Close means within the Tchum. Remember, the Durban Tchum of the 2000 Amas around Yerushalayim, you have to, you have to be within it in order to be considered in uh, part of Yerushalayim. Vicholalava, what's accessibility? Pratlamafsiklanara. If it's separated by a river, I would imagine this would mean any, any other thing, right? Like a wall or a river, right? But the Gemara says a river that obstructs your accessibility 
to Yerushalayim. Fine. So now we're in the Mishnah on the bottom of Laman of Ralph. And we're, we talked about Rabbi Yochanan Medzakai with regards to Rosh Hashanah. Now we are back to Sukkah for a little bit. You ready for a little Chazar Sukkah, Andrew? Here we go. So you'll remember all of this because we already learned this when we learned Masechah Sukkah. Remember, in the Zman Mikdash, they used to have Lulav all seven days. That's what it says. And then the rest of outside Yerushalayim, they would only have it on the first day, the Nitilas Lulav. Right? And he said that, as famously, that you bring the Lulav every day. Right, it's a Darabanan, Zechel Mikdash. So only the first day is Daraisa, right? After all, it says, Wukachtan Lachem Bayom Harishon, right? But then it says, Usmachtam Lifnei Hashem Lakechem Shivas Yamim. All that is alluded to in the Pasuk, right? Because you can't, Usmachtam Lifnei Hashem Lakechem, Simcha is only in front of the Mikdash. That's what Lifnei Hashem Lakechem is. So that makes sense in the Pasuk. Seven days Daraisa, uh, only in the Mikdash. And the first day is everyone on the first day. We've already discussed this at great length. And so that was in Zman Mikdash, but then afterwards it was Takana Zechel Mikdash that everybody would bring me Dorabanon, the Lulav. Fine. Rabbi Yochanan Mitzakai had a lot of uh, considerations to take into effect, uh, right, to balance the halachas here, how to remember uh, Zechel Mikdash and also, you know, apply it to the Galas. And then finally, Vishyen Yom Heinef Kulo Asr. This ends up being the topic of the Gemara. What's Yom Heinef? That was. The 16th of Nisan, the Korban Omer, right? Hanafas Omer. When they brought the Korban Omer, they would do the waving. What's going on? As you might recall, you don't eat the new grain until you've brought the Korban Omer. Now, in the Zman Mikdash, so you would wait for the Korban Omer to be brought, right? And then you would start eating. So, and you knew because of the alacrity of the Kohanim that they'd be done by Chatzos. So then by that point, you were able to, 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 eat, to eat from the Chadash. However, in the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, you could already start eating by Elos HaShachar. You could also start eating by, right, by, by the day, daybreak already allows you to eat because it's that day. Until Rabbi Yochanan Zakai came along and he said, Zechel HaMikdash, we're going to say that entire day of the 16th, you cannot eat until the end of that day. Right? Okay. So now we're going to get into a fascinating uh, thing that we've already learned, but it's, it's, uh, it's good to do it again. It says like this. First of all, the Gemara wants to say, as we were talking about, how do we learn this idea that you should have a Zechel HaMikdash altogether? Right? You're instituting these, these halachas uh, derbanan of bringing lulav. Like, we, we were remembering the base of Mikdash. We'll wait for the base of Mikdash to be rebuilt. Should happen any day now. And then we'll re, re, reinstitute it. We're in Galas. Why are we doing these Zechel HaMikdash halachas? So we have a Pasuk in Yermio. It says, I'm going to make for you what's a rucha, it's like a cure. Right? I'm going to heal your wounds. Because the nations of the world called you, right, pushed away. A discarded nation. Right? So the nations of the world are going to say, that Israel is desolate, nobody cares. Nobody's asking for her, nobody wants to know, nobody cares. Miklal de Vaya de Risha. So Tsion he Dorishla 
Darish Einla is the most depressing part of the Pasuk, right? The fact that Zion is desolate, we know. That's the Gullus. And nobody's calling for her. That's what the nations are going to say. That's what they're going to say in, criti- in criticizing us. Well, that criticism we're not going to take laying down. That is not true that we're Ein Darish Lach, right? We are always thinking of Zion. And therefore, that's Miklal Devaya Drisha. That teaches you that Zion, in fact, does require right, an actual drisha, that we care about Zion, and we're always looking for Zion, and we always want to commemorate Zion. And in order to do so, Rabbi Yochanan Mitzakai, he instituted all of these, right, um, the Zechel and Mikdash. Oh, fine. Now let's get to the Yom Heinef, a fascinating idea, that the entire day, as the Mishnah said, of, right, the Korban Omer should be also. The Gemara uh, explains. My timer. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you going to say that the whole day is going to be also? Meheri bana beis hamikdash. The beis hamikdash is going to be built soon. Veyomru eshtakad milo achalnu behaer mizrach. And and if it were not for this takana of Yochanan Zakai that we have can't eat the chadash all day, we're going to say last year we were allowed to eat from the what haer mizrach for when the sun from daybreak. Right, which is going to happen in about like three four hours, even though we move the clocks back. So here here's the thing. This is, this is Rav Machlis Shlita, right? Everyone has in Israel, it's very customary, some people have it here, the Chorban, Zechel Chorban in their house, the unpainted piece in their house. But Rav Machlis has, underneath the Zechel Chorban, a paint can with a, with a brush. Because he's ready, anytime Mashiach is going to come, he's going to paint it right back up, right? He's ready for that moment, right? So this is what's going to happen. If... Were it not for the Takana of Yochanan and Zakai, we say last year it was daybreak. Because remember, in the absence of the base of Mikdash, really it's daybreak, Mi'ikar Adin, that allows you to eat the Chadash. Oh, so why did Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai give the Takana that you can't eat the Chadash all day? Because what if the base of Mikdash is built that day? And now you can bring the Korban Omer. So if you get accustomed to the Ikar Adin of eating the Chadash from daybreak, you might catch yourself in a situation where the base of Mikdash is rebuilt in the middle of your sandwich and then you're eating it by Isser because it's not yet the time of the carbon. That's the, it's literally the paint can and, well, not literally. It is like the paint can and the brush in the sense of don't catch yourself with eating a sandwich while the base of Mikdash is built on your watch. So, so it says like this. So people are going to say, last year we ate it uh, right after Shachris. Uh, the Chadash. So we should do it now. And they wouldn't realize that last year the reason why the, they were able to eat at daybreak was because the Omer didn't exist. And therefore, as soon as it was daybreak, it was mutter to eat the Chadash. But now the base of Mikdash is rebuilt. <laughs> they didn't realize it. So now they have to wait until the Korban Omer is brought. Wow. Wait a minute. The Gemara wants to know, is that really true? De Mibne Amos. When does Rabbi Yochanan Zakai think this base of Mikdash is going to be built? Elam Bidna Bishitzar. Well, let's say it's built on that day, sometime during the 16th. Hare here, Mizrach Hitir. Well, wait a minute. If, again, the Ikar didn't supposed to be that, if the base of Mikdash is built on the 16th itself, then you already had the Matir in the morning. Even if it was built later that day, Right, the, the matir already came into effect and therefore it shouldn't be a problem. El de Ivni Bechamesar. No, the base of Mikdash must have been built the day before. In other words, you didn't get the news. The base of Mikdash was built, right, that night or the day before. This gets into issues of, remember, the day before is, is Pesach. Can the base of Mikdash be built on Pesach? Can the base of Mikdash be built at night? So the truth of the matter is, we are not allowed to do so. 
and it's a it's a little bit of a stira in sugyas and gemaras. But Hakarsh Baruch certainly could do whatever he wants. We've already discussed this in Erevin. Uh, so, but be that as it may, let's assume according to this Gemara that Hakarsh Baruch is building the base of Mikdash whenever he wants. So therefore, Mechatzos Hayom Halam Lishtari. So you would have thought that. Right, so, so you didn't realize, in other words, yesterday the base of Mikdash was built on the 15th, and you didn't find out about it. Once the base of Mikdash is built, you should be allowed to only eat it once the Korban Omer is brought from Chatzos, right? And, and however, the Kasha is, if that's the case, so then why is Rabbi Yochanan Bidaka not letting you eat the whole day? Let him, let him have you not eat only until Chatzos, just in case if the base of Mikdash is built, the day before, then you'll start, you, you will start eating the Chadash at Chatzos, which is what the practice is when the base of Mikdash is built. What is the scenario where you can't eat it all day? Says the, as the, uh, Gemara continues, that's not harachokin mutar mechatzos ve'ayom alhalon. In other words, we've already learned in the Mishnah, um, in Menachos, that once the base, when the base of Mikdash stood, even if you lived in Baltimore and you knew Mechatzos Hayom and further, you could do it because of the alacrity of the Dayanim. As the Gemara says, the Fisha'ain based in Miss Aslimbo. That's what the Mishnah says. That the Dayanim were very, very, um, Zrizim with this, and therefore everybody knew that by Chatzos you could eat it. So therefore, again, the Kasha is, why did Rabbi Yochanan Mizakai ask for the entire day? Either you could eat it from daybreak, the Chadash, or you could eat it from Chatzos. Either way, you don't have to wait the entire day, says the Gemara. Right? It takes a while to get the barley going. Right? So on the 15th, let's say, Hashem plops down the base of Mikdash. Obviously, it's not going to be uh, that day, but even if it's the day before, you don't have enough time to prepare the Korban Omer. That's one possibility. Or or maybe it is, in fact, overnight, that the base of Mikdash was built. You didn't know. It, either way, it makes, takes too long to prepare the Korban Omer, and therefore it is on that year that the base of Mikdash should be rebuilt. May we have this issue this year that you may have to wait the entire day, and therefore as a Zechel Korban, we don't eat the Chodesh the entire day of the 16th. Okay. Amar, Rav Nachem, Rav Yitzchak, Amar, Rav Yochanan, Ben Zakkai, as we turn to Laman, Rav Beis, Beshitas Rav Yehuda, Amar, that he was talking according to Rabbi Yehuda. What did Rabbi Yehuda say? The Amar ad etzem hayom azeh. He just, Rabbi Yehuda, right, um, was, had the shita that this was implied in the Pasuk altogether, right? In other words, it's explaining what Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai were both going according to a Pasuk. It wasn't this base of Mikdash, um, Cheshman that we just said, uh, until now, but the Pasuk himself says, Velechem bekalivu karmel, when it's talking about Chadash, lo tochlu ad etzem hayom azeh, arev yechem et korben elokechem, chukas olam dorot seichem, bechol mosh vosechem. So, ad etzem hayom azeh, says the Gemara, is ad atzmo shel yom, the kasavar ad, the ad bichlal. That it's alluded to in the Pasuk, that in the, in the very essence of the Pasuk, is that it's until the end of the day, right, that you are not allowed to eat, that the Korban Omer, in the event that you didn't bring the Korban Omer yet. In other words, certainly you could eat it once you brought the Korban Omer. But the Ikar Adin, without the Korban Omer, is not that daybreak is matir you. But rather, you need the full day to be matir you. I asked the Gemara, Misam Velak say the Ryochanan bin Zaka really hold like Rabbi Yudah, a maflik palagale. The very Mishnah in Menachos presents it as a machlokis, Rabbi Yochanan bin Zaka and Rabbi Yudah. So how are you here telling me, right? In other words, it sounds like 
One holds it's from daybreak, the other holds until the end of the day. So why are you saying that he holds like his Baal Plugta? Right? It's not Mishachar Beis Mikdash. Right? That is what the Mishnah Menachah says. When the base of Mikdash was destroyed, Hitkin Rabbi Yochanan Mizakai she Yom Heinev Kula Aser. It's the kind of Rabbi Yochanan Zakai that said that you don't eat it at all on the sixteenth. You can't eat Chadash. To which Amar Rabbi Yehuda Valo Minatara Hu Aser. He says, "What do you mean? It's a Takana Derabanan. It's also Minatara. Dechsev Hadetz Mayomazeh, as we just said." So the Gemara is going to say, "How?" So the Gemara asks, "How is it that you're going to say that Rabbi Yochanan Zakai holds like Rabbi Yehuda?" The Gemara says, "No, no, no. That wasn't really a Machlokas. In other words, they both hold that you can't eat the Chadash all day long." And this idea that, so, so the only machlokas would be that Rabbi Yochum Mazaka holds its Darbaran, Rabbi Yehuda holds its Daraisa. So this is what the Gemara now clarifies. It says, also Rabbi Yehuda the Katai, Iu Savar Rabbi Yochum Mazaka made Darbaran Kamar, right? It was really Rabbi Yehuda who was mistaken. He thought that Rabbi Yochum Mazaka, when you say that it's Takana, that he thought that it was Darbaran. Velohi, but that's not the case. Midaraisa Kamar. Rabbi Yochum Mazaka, all he was doing was clarifying the Ikardin Midaraisa. Wait a minute. Is that true? Asked the Gemara. It says that he made a takana. A takana makes it sound like he, right? Had it been Me'ikar Din Daraisa, he wouldn't have to make a takana. The takana implies it's Darabanan. The Gemara answers, My Hitkin, Darash Vehitkin. He was Darash, the Pasuk, and he actually brought the Daraisa, Ikar Din, to light by enforcing it with a takana. But the actual thing wasn't entirely a takana Darabanan, but rather an expression of the Ikar Din. Mida Arisa. All right. Back to the... Uh, fascinating, right, Andrew? Okay. Back to... Uh, by the way, Rabbi Yochum Zakkai, uh, Rabbi Yehuda was, was many generations later. So this is basically Rabbi Yehuda expounding Rabbi Yochum Zakkai's view later, and then we're straightening him out. Okay, so the mission, next mission says, uh, more, more to Rabbi They used to accept... Edus regarding the all day. One day they came late, whatever the reason was, a lot of traffic that day. The Levim said the wrong Shira. They said you can only start doing Adamincha. Rashi is going to say, we're going to wait up till the Gemara. The Gemara is going to explain what was the Shira issue here. And now they're not going to accept them until Mincha. Now, obviously, there were a lot of other consequences. There's the Karbanas involved, right? Why are we only concerned about the Shir of the Levium? That's a question that the Rishonim asked. And basically, it says, like, it really means that they're concerned about everything, but we're bringing out the Shir of Levium here. That's one of the answers, okay? So, anyway, Now, mind you, you assumed that it was Yantiv, okay? So, as Rashi says at the end, it's going to be Asim Lacha, right? This is talking about Rosh Hashanah, let's say. So if you're talking about Rosh Hashanah, right, that's the Rashi, Nogin also Yom Kodesh, but Rosh Hashanah Kai. You're talking about Rosh Hashanah, and then the end of that Rashi explains that you have to keep that day, because if people are going to wait, right, to find out whether it's Rosh Hashanah or not, you could see a scenario where they're not keeping Rosh Hashanah. It turns out it was Rosh Hashanah. That would be the worst. So you have to be a Yom Kodesh and Lomach Kodesh. You observe both days as Rosh Hashanah, and then Mishachar Beis Hamikdash. He's going to be Yochanan Zakashi Mekalim Edus Hakodesh Kol Ayom. So amazingly, right? Even though there were no more Karbanos, right? They needed Rabbi Yochanan Zakai to reverse it. In other words, once the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, there's no Shir Levim, there was no Karbanos. So really, there was no way to be Mekalkel. There was nothing to be Mekalkel basically that day, other than the Isra Malacha, which they already had. Right? They were keeping it. Uh, holy both days, 
So there's nothing really that was going to change, right? You were going to keep due to Yantiv Rosh Hashanah anyways, and there was no kilkel that was going to go on. However, they still kept it uh, just because you didn't have a based in Gadol B'minyan of a Chachma to be matir of that original Takana. Until Rabbi Yochanan Mitzakai came, you see the authority of Rabbi Yochanan Mitzakai, that he had the authority to bring it back to the way it was, to be Mekab al-Chadish Kalayom, because there's no Nafkamina uh, accordingly. Says the Gemara, my Kilkul Alavim Bashir. What was the Kilkul Alavim? So that was a Machlokis here. Hacha Targimu. Here in Babel, they explained like this. Shalom Rushir Akol Iker. That was what they heard, that the Levim didn't say anything because they didn't know what to say, and so they didn't sing anything. No, it was, it was an actual, not a, a mistake of omission, but a mistake of saying the wrong shira. They said the, the, the shira shal yom of the day with the tamid shal bein arbaim, when really it was, it was Rosh Hashanah. Ah, so now Reb is going to support this idea with the b'raisa. He said to his son, Ahava, which is a cool guy's name, go and teach the following b'raisa to the chachamim as a proof that they really sang the wrong shir shal yom. It says, Right after that incident, we know that it instituted that Bezdin shouldn't accept until the new month, right? Unless there's, they shouldn't do it unless there's enough time in the day left to bring the Korma Tamid and the Musaf. And to say, right, the right Shir Shalyom. Ah, what does it say? I can understand that the reason why they made the Takana was they don't say the wrong. Right, the fact that we're saying that they don't say the wrong shir shayom was because they said the wrong shir shayom. What's the blunder if they didn't say it at all? So this is where we're going to pick up tomorrow with the word kavan, right? Approximately fourteen lines up from the bottom of Lamad Amad Bez.